0: Begun.
1: It has begun. We are here yet again.
0: It is begun. Yes. Once again, this is our fifth episode.
1: It is. I can't believe but we've done a month of this already.
0: Yeah. Lucky number five. And people watch it. People are watching and even more upsetting. They're listening.
1: Yeah, that too. Gosh, they are. Yes. Um, so if you are listening and tuning into our show, uh, welcome to Set Phasers. I am Steph Mans.
0: And I am Aki Burmese. And uh, this is a highly illogical Star Trek podcast.
1: That it is.
0: The wonderful Star Trek Discovery franchise. Mm-hmm. Today's star date is star date one zero eight zero seven point eight, and we will be discussing episodes five and six of season one today. Today is the day that uh, we have decided we need to accelerate our, our going through the episodes so that we can get through all of them. <laughs> in time for the premiere of mm-hmm. season three, which is uh, October 15th or 13th or something like that. Pretty, yeah seems far off, but when you've got 20-something episodes to get through and quite a lot of material, uh, that can uh, become daunting. So we're doing two episodes today. We're doing uh, the first episode, episode five, is called Choose Your Pain. Yeah. And episode six <sighs> is called... Uh,
1: I can't pronounce it. Laugh. Did you Google it?
0: Well, I, look, you'll be happy to know that, as always, of course, I Googled it. If you, want to know, you can Google that. You can Google that. Google I can that. no longer sing those notes, so I don't know how that's how I did it in the first place.
1: How did you do it?
0: I have no idea. Mm-hmm. It's too low for me. You can uh,
1: I can't do it. You can no. You can Google you that. Can Google that.
0: Okay. Uh oh, I have a We're gonna edit this out for the no, audience. Obviously. Podcast no one right? needs to this is, No
1: one needs to hear this. This is
0: priceless material right here. <laughs> this is why people tune in to see Set Phasers.
1: Yes, uh, the awkwardness of,
0: of us. Well before you Because we are it out, we're
1: awkward human beings.
0: Yeah, well we're very mm, awkward. We're, we're nerds. It's time to run it down. Mm-hmm. Can mm-hmm. you run it down mm-hmm. for me? Mm-hmm. Can you
1: run
0: it down for me? Okay, episode five of Star Trek Discovery. It's called Choose Your Pain. And let me tell you, it is a real whopper. So we begin with a, a dream sequence. It's essentially Michael... Uh, moving in first person through the ship discovery. And then she comes down into the engineering science lab and she sees herself behind one of the terminals. And then she's looking into the containment space where the tardigrade normally is. And it's her, she's looking at her and that's when we're like, okay, this is a dream. And then uh, the weird, like uh, huge needles come out and poke her. And she goes, Aah! and she freaks out. And then she wakes up in a cold sweat In her room On the Star Trek Discovery And she looks over at her roommate Tilly Who is snoring Mm -hmm. And so I guess she's still troubled from last uh, Episode when she sort of realized She started to have empathy for the, the Tardigrade to worry that maybe it was sentient and was feeling pain uh, mm-hmm. whenever they were using it to go through the mycelial network. So she calls upon Dr. Colbert to come and check out the tardigrade. And she says, listen, I'm not anthropomorphizing. This is me concerned that this is an intelligent life and that it's in pain and that we're possibly killing it by using our sport drive." And so Colbert is a little skeptical, but he says, you know what? I'll look at it. I'll check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, So then we do a cut to Lorca, who I guess is on Earth? Is that what it was? Uh, he's, He's in, like, a meeting with the Admiralty, and they're like... Oh, you're doing a great job, Discovery. Thanks for figuring out that whole spore drive thing. It's going great. You're really kicking butt in this war. You're turning things around, and uh, we just want to let you know that we want you to stop using the spore drive. And Lorca's like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa What? Absolutely not! I, I'm. We got to be out there on the front lines. This is a war." And the admiral chief sort of like, "Listen, we don't want you to give away our." secret weapons so rein in your use of the sport drive as much as possible unless we ask you to uh to which Lorca is not happy nonetheless I don't think he has many many options he goes to the mattresses but they won't let him use a sport drive
1: that's such a guy thing why do guys always use that it's a godfather thing
0: it is a real guy like uh peacock and thing Hmm. it always is interesting to me that I guess captains are given a a great amount of latitude but he's in a room full of like six admirals and they're like here's a direct order and he's like what you're out of your minds you can't tell like that's the Star Trek thing that's the Federation thing. that the captains are sort of like sovereign on their ships and and the Admiralty can give orders but it can be like argued I don't know we don't need to explore that but we will Uh, Anyway, we go back to Tilly and Michael and they're having breakfast or lunch and Tilly says, we're going to have lunch because I want to know what's going on there. So they're at lunch and Tilly says, what's going on your mind? Why are you so freaked out? What's going on? And Michael says, uh, I don't want to talk about it until he says, fine. Okay, well, great. We must be making a lot of friends. So I guess our relationship is over. And Michael's like, no, that's not it. It's not you. It's me. And Tilly says something to the effect of that's so rarely been the case for me. I would love for you to explain how it is you and not me. And then Michael sort of says like, hey, you know, I'm just feeling all these weird feelings. I'm out of sorts. And I hate it. And Tilly's response, which is one of my favorite Tilly quotes, maybe of all time, is, I love feeling feelings, which mm. uh, is fantastic. I also love feeling feelings.
1: And then Michael says it later. I feel like maybe she says it. She does, yeah. yeah she
0: says something to that effect. Well, she, when she's talking to...
1: I'm feeling the feelings.
0: When she's talking to... Uh, well, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Right, wait, wait, right, you wait. Know, you know, uh,
1: yeah, sorry, foreshadowing, uh, uh, my bad. Uh, come on.
0: We haven't gotten to this part. So, okay, Right. Uh, we go back to Lorca and the Admiral Catherine Oh no, Caldwell? That's not her name. Cantwell? Cumberbatch? Cornwell. Cornwell. Admiral Cornwell.
1: Cumberbatch.
0: I don't know. I was just going for <laughs> Corn Cumberbatch. Sure the Cornfield. Cumberbatch for some Admiral reason. Cornfield. Co- Admiral Cornfield. He's in there like injecting his eyes. As you may recall, he's got like an eye darkness light sensitivity. So he's like Putting some weird stuff in his eyes, and the admiral who was mainly chewing him out comes back in. Her name is Catherine Cornwall, but he calls her Cat. And so clearly, they're like friends, and she's having kind of a heart to heart with him. And he's like, "Oh, you really, you really read me out in there?" And she's like, "You think I read you out? I was just letting you know I'm your friend, and I'm letting you know that people are, you know, talking about you, and they want to know what's going on. You've got, you know, a, a convicted uh, felon, our only mutineer ever on your ship, who you've commandeered." And he like cites standard code or something that allows him to conscript anyone he wants. And she goes, okay, listen, but people are not happy about this Michael Burnham situation. Uh, And he says, as he leaves my ship, my way. Yeah. I don't know. So cut to, he's like flying back on a shuttle. I assume from wherever he was meeting, I think it's earth, but I just don't know. He's flying on a, they do not ever really make it clear. He's flying on a shuttle, one pilot, He's kind of just kicking back there, doing the eyeball thing again. And suddenly out of nowhere, Klingon ship shows up. It gets them in a tractor beam. It pulls them up. They both get ready to fight. They open the doors. They are overwhelmed by Klingon forces. The pilot is violently killed with like two bat left strikes to the abdomen. And, uh, and thereafter, uh, shows up. I'd noticed that, uh, that white dress with red fangs anywhere, and she slams Lorca against the wall, because she's Klingon, and he's just a puny human, and she's like, oh, Captain Lorca, welcome aboard, and they take him, and they kind of throw him into a ship. So, uh, it's reported to the Discovery crew that Lorca's been captured, Saru is acting captain, so this is like Saru's big dream, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And he's kind of on, he's on the bridge and he's like you do this and you do that and you do this and he's like it's so Saru he's like "Uh, do these sectors and find this thing and then suddenly his like ganglia his threat ganglia come out and Michael walks on the bridge and he's like no you're ruining it Michael is what I sort of interpreted that (laughs) moment as (laughs) no Um,
1: this is my thing this is my thing Michael's like
0: his like little sister who keeps showing up to take his stuff okay Sorry, that got personal. Anyway, so Michael's like, hey, I just wanted to tell you that I don't think we should use this board drive. She doesn't know that, that the captain's been captured. She's like, mm. I, I think the tardigrade is, we're killing it. And Saru kind of takes his hard line with her, which is interesting. Which I don't think he would do if he didn't have the weight of the captaincy upon him. But he's mm. hes like, listen, we got to save the captain. So I don't care what happens to the tardigrade. You keep that spore drive working. We got to go into Klingon territory. And we got to get the captain back and we got to get out so i order you to continue to keep the sport drive active and to we can discuss this after we have the captain back is that understood he says and she says yes and uh then we go back to captain lorca who's been thrown into a prison into like a jail cell on this uh, klingon ship and yep. uh, there are it's an interesting moment Uh, Mm. for a number of reasons Uh, because one prominent member of his there's like four people in the cell uh he gets thrown in and he meets uh rain wilson yes well not rain wilson but i mean yeah he rain wilson is playing uh harry Harry mud yeah harry mud which uh, if uh, i don't even i'm just having like a nerd explosion in my head even talking about it if you know the original series you know Harry Mudd. He is an inveterate, uh, irredeemable con man, rogue, and scoundrel. He cares about no one but himself and lining his pockets. He appears in at least two that I can recall original series episodes, and he always is doing something deplorable. So, and also, <laughs> perfect casting uh, for Harry mm. Mudd. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, Rain Wilson, he's a prisoner with Lorca. And they kind of, he's like, where, you know, they discuss what's going on. You're on the ship. Some Klingons come into the shell, the cell, and they point their guns at uh, mud and they say, choose your pain. Yeah. And he points at a prisoner in the corner. And the Klingons proceed to beat the crap out of this guy and then drag his, uh, oh, yeah, they like lay his head on the wall and then stomp on it, which I think mm-hmm. means they kill him, but whatever. And then they drag the body away. And they basically explain that the Clans will come in every couple of days, pick a prisoner and say, like, we can either kill you or you can choose your pain. Choose someone else to get beaten and killed in your place. And so Mm -hmm. that is where the title of this uh, lighthearted episode. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Killed or tortured.
1: Because that guy had been like beaten and whatever. Yeah. Cause Mud had been like, yep. Yeah.
0: And well mud looked mud and mud was apart, he's obviously experiencing the deprivations of being in a Klingon cell, but he was not like beaten and jacked up uh the way the other ones will were. And that's when we meet Lieutenant Ash Tyler, mm-hmm. who's another prisoner in the cell. And he and Lorca obviously bond immediately. And Lorca's like, Who are you, soldier? Who's your captain? Who'd you serve under? And Ash is like, listen, I served under a captain whose name I forgot to write down. That's Aki talking on the USS Jaeger. And they were at the Battle of the Binary Stars. And that is when it's revealed that this war has been going on for seven months because Lorca then goes, you've been in this prison cell for seven months?
1: And he says, oh, the Battle of the Binary. And he's like, oh, it's got a name.
0: Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. And Ash is looking a lot more beat up than Mud, right? I mean, Mud looks like he's hungry and he's got a beard Mm. and he's got that weird robot scorpion firefly he calls Stuart with him
1: oh I didn't know it was a robot
0: oh it could be an alien well it's definitely like bionetic or whatever the words would be for that (laughs) anyway we go back to the discovery Mm. and Michael in a uh, flagrant disregard for what Saru has told her, goes and tells Stamets that, hey, like, we're killing the tardigrade. we got to figure something else out. And she and Stamets and Tilly are, like, just jamming, just like, bebop jazz on some science in the science lab, which is pretty great. And they're like, blah, blah, blah. It's, it incorporates with the, the the tardigrade, is able to uh, have a horizontal transfer of DNA, and so it's horizontally transferred the DNA from the fungus, which is connected to the mycelial network, which is like the roots of the fungus which exists in the real world but also exists in this sort of quantum world where it allows us to have a matrix for the entire universe and so we can travel anywhere and so they discover that you can if you can find a creature smart enough or like evolved enough and give it the DNA then it can also act as a pilot on the mycelial network and bridging the ship and I think this is actually our first um, our first F-bomb in the show right? Tilly drops a big F-bomb
1: Yes, she does. Michael drops the S-bomb.
0: Michael drops the S-bomb in, like, episode two, right? Or three, whenever they find the tardigrade.
1: Yeah.
0: She says, shit, that worked. Yes. But Tilly, as they're, like, doing this, like, like, engineer, science-y quantum jazz, Tilly says, this is so fucking cool.
1: <laughs> yep. And then looks, and Stamets.
0: Yeah, Stamets says, you're right. This is so fucking cool. Yeah. And so they're like, we're going to work on a problem. We're going to try to figure this out so that we don't kill the tardigrade. Uh, we go back to um, the Klingon ship Lorel's ship and Lorel uh, drags Lorca out of the sh- well he's gets dragged out of the cell by two Klingons and he gets put into a weird chair torture device and Lorel is talking to him and she's trying to get information to, from about discovery so the this is evidence that the Klingons have discovered that discovery is sort of the special ship that uh, is helping the the Federation get his edge. And then she says some pretty cool stuff, which I'll save for quotable moments. And then she puts a thing on Lorca's eyes and they open up and she tortures him with light. And he goes, start screaming back on the discovery. Saru tries to do a jump and finds out that the sport drive is off. And he goes marching down to the science lab. And he gives Michael a piece of his mind. He is like, you are, this is the same kind of nonsense you did that got our former captain killed. Awkward silence, and then he's like, "You better put that tardigrade back in there and get it online. I don't care what happens to it." And he confines Burnham to quarters. When we go back to uh, Lorca and Ash Tyler and Mud in their prison cell, there's a bit of a fracas,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: Mud tries to sort of he tries to sort of paint uh, Lorca with like a like a broad brush of being as as morally relativistic as he is. And he mentions the USS Baran, which we have heard mentioned before, but we don't really know the story. And that's when we find out that the Baran was the ship that Lorca used to command that was attacked. And everyone died except for the captain. So it's a little strange because the captain should go down with the ship, you would think. But uh, Lorca is pretty straightforward about saying, you know, I wouldn't let the Klingons capture my my crew. So he somehow got out and then hit the self-destruct and preserved himself. Now... For some reason, that kind of smooths things over, but for me, that would be a real sticking point. I'd be a little curious, but I guess this is the early days of, of the Federation. All right, we get our first black alert. They put the tardigrade back in. They jump into Klingon space. The tardigrade is not happy. It, like, freaks out, and when they get to where they are supposed to go, it does, like, a weird thing while the water comes out of it, and it turns into, like, a little nautilus on the floor, mm-hmm. and apparently it's gone to, a, like, a deep self-protective state, and... Uh, Culber's like, I can't bring it back without killing it. And Saru says, I don't care what you have to do. You better bring it back. We have to take that risk. And Culber says, I will not be party to murder. And then Saru, I think this is an interesting, this is an interesting moment. I know we have to get to the next episode, but I think it's an interesting moment because Saru does essentially makes the same Mike, the same mistake that Michael did. He makes a Michael because he is willing to go against the the Federation doctrine to get something done. His his desire to get to the objective motivates yep. him past, uh, you know, the moral, sort of a moral line in the sand. He decides, I don't care if this thing is intelligent. I don't care if it's going to die if we do this, but mm-hmm. we need to get the captain. So you just bring it yep. back and I don't care if you kill it. Doctor says he, was, he won't do it. And Stamets says, I'll do it.
1: And I felt Saru had such a moment of wanting to step up to the plate because he, remember when he goes into the captain's ready room and he says to the computer, he's like, you know, extrapolate all of the things that I'm doing and tell me if, you know, if that makes a good captain.
0: Yeah, he says, computer, what are the top five captains in Federation history? And one of them is Archer. Mm -hmm. Um, The other four
1: I don't think I'd heard of. No, it was Captain Pike. Captain Pike was in there and Archer was in there. Yes, and Pike was in there,
0: yes, yeah, yeah. Pike, who is a concurrent captain to his... Anyway, Pike must Mm. be great. Well, that's why he's got the Enterprise. Uh, We don't need to go into that. We go back to Tyler and Lorca, and there's another uh, choose-your-pain moment where they go to Lorca, and Lorca has sort of threatened Mud with saying, we're going to let them kill you next time they come in and ask me to choose your pain. But instead, Tyler volunteers. He says, do this for me, because he's been being there being tortured, and also he admits earlier that there's like some kind of weird... like." torture slash sexual thing going on with Laurel that we don't really understand, and so he seems like he kind of wants to be put out of his misery. We're not sure. Anyway, they beat the crap out of him, and then they put his head on the thing, and they're about to stomp on it, and then he moves his head out of the way in a super fast Federation move, and when he does that, Lorca pulls the, ticks the other phaser from the Klingon and he knocks out of the thing and then they beat the two Klingons and they snap their necks and they're leaving and Mud's like, you played me, you're so smart. And they're like, that's great, well you're going to stay here. And they close the door on him and he's like, you haven't heard the last of me, Lorca! Uh, And for, you know, obviously we know this is is before the original series so we know he doesn't die in that tail cell. In any case, they go out into the ship and they're like, it's pretty sweet. They're like, really, like, Doing a tango and cashier, just like killing Klingons and like moving. I'll go bo- top, bottom. you go bottom, mm. boom, boom, boom. Oh, that's the next episode. But they, but yeah, they, they also do that. Do it, but they yes, do that. yeah. Well, here's this is when it happens. This is when they really bond. This is when the love Lorca and and Ash Tyler have is burgeoned killing things and uh they make it pretty far but then tyler gets kind of hit by one of the klingons that uh Lorca's able to kill and so he has to stay behind while Lorca's like you stay here undercover and i'll find a way to the ship so we can get out of here and he goes and then Lorel shows up and she's like did you think you could get away from me and then tyler like freaks out and he starts fighting with uh, her, and they start. He starts really beating the crap out of her, but then she sort of gets the upper hand, and then she's about to maybe kill him. And then, boom, Lorca shows back up and shoots her, but misses, and it ricochets off the wall and burns half of her face. Oh, she's hideously scarred and falls to the ground screaming. And he takes Tyler to a I forget what they're called the little Klingon chips that love them to run super fast. And they managed to get to the discovery. And, and, and because Saru can recognize, like, when someone is predator and when someone is prey, he's able to see that even though they're all, there's, like, five Klingon ships, one of them is choosing an erratic pattern, that must be the prey. And he's like, that must be the captain. He deduces, yada, yada, yada. They're able to get the captain and Tyler out of there before the ship is blown up, their little ship. And then he says, "Is the jump dive ready, you know? And he hears back from Stamps, and Stamps says, we can jump. And they jump. And uh, they get the captain, everything works, and they jump away. And then uh, we come to find out that uh, the way that they did it is Stamis did not kill the Tardigrade. He hooked himself up to the machine after he did like a eugenics experiment on himself. So, whoa, that was crazy. Um, uh, So well, yeah, he's like looks like he's dead and they run down to find him and then they wake him up and then he starts laughing like a crazy person which Anthony Rapp does perfectly. It is so creepy when he like, do we do it? And they're like, yes. And he goes, (laughs) so Saru and Michael have a little heart to heart in their room. Now that the captain's back and Saru's like, look, I'm not scared of you. I'm just very mad at you. Um, Which is, I think is an interesting Easter egg, which we can't even discuss until season two. But I think that was cute. And mm-hmm. uh, Michael's like, hey, I got this from Giorgio and I think you should have it. And she gives him the telescope that she got as in Giorgio's Last Will and Testament, in the last episode. And uh, Michael and Tilly send the tardigrade into space with some magical spores. And it opens up and zooms into the mycelial network. It's free. Uh, then we, oh, yes. The final moment. We see in front of the mirror, and this is when it's revealed that there are a couple, uh, Stamets and Dr. Culber. And Culber's, like, checking out Stamets with the thing, and he's like, stop doctoring me, and they're like, and he's like, don't ever do that again. You may not care about yourself, but I care about you. And he just wants to make sure they're both okay. It's a pretty wonderful, tender moment. They're, like, brushing your teeth in front of the mirror in their beautiful maroon pajamas. Hello. No, I haven't seen anyone else wearing pajamas.
1: Starfleet-issued
0: maroon pajamas. Right? Ooh, man, I saw those things, and I was like... Those are nice pajamas Um. Anyway Culber's like you sure you're okay And he goes I'm fine And then Culver leaves and then he like looks in the mirror Kind of happily like yeah we did it We did it today and then he leaves And then we do a reverse shot of that And as he's leaving we see that his reflection Is still in the mirror
1: Mash ah!
0: And that's the end Of episode 5 choose your pain <sighs> Man.
1: Mic drop. Do you, do you need some tea? I sure do. I feel like that was a lot of stress for you. Yeah.
0: That was a great episode. I really enjoyed that episode. Uh, I thought it was cool. It was a great Actually, I love the pairing of these two episodes as we're about to get into lathe slash Leith slash lethe. I looked it up and there's like three different definitions and no one seems to be sure. Uh, because they're both rescue missions. Mm. And uh, they're both about two... Two elements of the war. One is physical and one is mental. Two fronts, as I like to call them. Yes, you know. The Klingons believe they have martial superiority. And as we shall discover in Lathe the Vulcans believe they have intellectual superiority. Ooh. Uh, so, deep. Well. <laughs> mm. uh, there may be a third front, but uh, we just can't get to it. I'm, I don't want to spoil things for anybody. All right. Are you ready to move on to Leith, Leithy, Leafy?
1: Yes. Blah, 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 blah,
0: blah, blah. Okay, so episode six of Star Trek Discovery is called Leith or Leith or Leafy. It's a name for the one of the rivers in the underworld or also possibly derived from the Greek word for the hidden or hidden thing, maybe from Leto. I don't want to get into it. I, did, I went down a rabbit hole. All right, episode six, Leith. We begin... On Vulcan! What? And it's Sarek, and he's watching like a ship come up to his like docking port, and somebody comes up from behind him and says, Live long and prosper, Ambassador Sarek. And he turns around and he says, Live long and prosper, adjunct Vlatak. Vlatak. Uh, we are headed to the concrete system, and so we, this is sarek who 's you know michael 's ad- adoptive father, and uh, he 's going on some sort of amb- amb- uh, like diplomatic mission with this assistant vlatak, and uh, we understand that vlatak doesn 't quite know what it is because he says as they're taking off, may I inquire as to the nature of our diplomatic mission and Sarek responds with "hmm." If there was such thing as a stimp, uh stinger, this would be one. He says, allow me to be diplomatic and ask that you do not. Ooh, don't ask me what I'm about, son. Um,
1: was that a, a volcan
0: It was a Vulcan, big time. I volcan. You sure can. So they're flying. And uh, he sort of says, sometimes in times like these, ignorance is important. Smash cut. Do, 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 do. Jilly and Michael are running together in their super... Oh, God. The outfits, when we get to these episodes, really start to do something. They make me feel some type of way. They have workout clothes that say disco on them, and I want them. I don't even work out. I would start working out if I had a disco suit. Anyway.
1: I can get you a disco suit, Aki. That's not a problem.
0: Are they for sale? Yes. Are they online or something? They are get disco stuff? Yeah. Mm, let me let me scrape some ducats together and get myself some disco stuff. Ooh, man, oh man. Okay, gonna
1: start running around your neighborhood.
0: I'll be just hey, what's up? Yeah, I'm on discovery. Uh, so Tilly is like is being trained by Michael because Michael's I guess taking it upon herself she feels a connection to Tilly and he wants, she wants her to succeed to become a captain. And so she's sort of training her for like, she's like, you got to do this. You got to shave time off your, your uh, laps because that will give you a physical commendation. And then you'll be able to go to cadet something level. And then you go to like executive first class class, and then you move to the enterprise or something. And then sooner enough year thing, but you have to start here by shaving a few minutes off of your time. And she says, you know, see your path, uh, stay on it, and reach your destination. Very uh, Vulcan moment for uh, Michael. It's very Vulcan advice. I, Vulcan! Uh, At the same time that that is happening, concurrently, as we discussed a few minutes ago, uh, Lorca and Ash Tyler are definitely having the time of their lives, like <laughs> fighting on the <laughs> <laughs> weird thin hollow, hollow deck tube. And they're fighting Klingons. And they're like, you go low, you go high, uh, double round, flat, flat. And they do all these like kind of cool, weird two man. Pew, 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 And uh, while they're doing it, Lorca's like kind of like quizzing him. So they're like fighting, killing Klingons. And he's like, hey, where are you from? And he's like, oh, I'm from Seattle, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, eventually they finish. I think Lorca gets shot, but he gets injured, but they apparently succeeded the program. And uh, Lorca sees that Tyler Tyler tries to be like, hey, you got more kills than me. And Lorca's like, what are you kidding? You got 36. He says, never apologize for excellence. Uh, and then he, like, offhandly makes a, an offer to Tyler to be, on his, uh, to be his security just head 30. of security. Uh, Tyler, who just got there. Yep. Yeah, chief of security. Yeah, exactly. And Tyler's like, oh, cool, man. Whatever, dude. i would be, um, be an honor. I like Tyler. It's a bit of a brand nose. But at this moment, he's kind of like, yeah, he's got a little bit of like a, hey, well, yeah. Oh, man. So great. Yeah, you did better than me, man. Kind of laid back. Kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just want to be part of it. Yeah, man. Cool. Anyway, Tyler, you're nice. Uh, back on the Vulcan ship. Uh <laughs> Sarek is monologuing as Vulcans do. He's like, Oh, according to this computer, we are a few minutes from our destination. And uh, when he does that, Vlatak takes something out and injects it in his arm that starts to make his arm glow. And and Sarak is still talking to himself, he's like, mm, Why have we not dropped down a warp? Oh, we have changed course. This is strange. And he turns around to look at Vlatak, who's like arm is starting to glow, and Vlatak is like, You wanted to do this thing. Anyway, we find out that Vlatak is one of these uh one of these Vulcan, I guess they're called logic extremists? Yes. And he logic, does not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah something,
1: like Rimbled, something like that.
0: A fanatic, yeah, and, mm. and sarah is like, you're one of those, a fanatic. I love this scene, and it made me think that as much as we talk about how Discovery does cling on so well, they also do... Vulcans get, have historically been given a lot more material. You got your Spocks, you got your T'Palls, you got your you know Tuvox. but... They also did this Vulcan to Vulcan thing where they're just like talking and he realizes that this guy is like turning himself into a bomb and yet they're still discussing and it's totally logical. Mm. There's no like sweat or screaming. And uh, so anyway, Vlatak is, is, is basically saying like you want humans to integrate with Vulcans. They are inferior to us and my death will be a rallying cry. And he like holds up his live log and prosper thing as his whole body goes bright and it looks like maybe Mm -hmm. sarah gets to a shield thing on the board quick enough but the ship definitely explodes while still in warp and we don't know what happened to them cut back to michael and tilly going to breakfast they run into ash tyler who's like hey what's up man what's going on ladies and uh You know, Tyler's like, oh, yeah, I'm whatever. Oh, you're Michael? Sweet. You know, I I feel like we should judge people on what they do, not on what their history <laughs> is, you know, whatever. Pretty laid back, pretty cool. Yeah. Um. And he's like, does this, like, handshake thing mm. to Michael, which is kind of goofy, <laughs> like, very extended arm across the table, which Michael eventually takes.
1: After getting a kick in, under the table from Tilly.
0: Yeah, from Tilly. Tilly, like, kind of kicks Michael. and's like, hey, be cool. Who thinks Tyler's cute? Yeah, well, Tilly, yes. Tilly, ooh. Tilly, I love Tilly. She likes to feel feelings. Um, Michael takes his hand, but then gets up, and she starts to feel weird. And they're like, "Are you okay?" And she's like, "Yes." And then she's like, "No." And then she collapses. And as she collapses, she sees Sarah collapsed. And this is sort of—they go into that weird space that they went into when their katra's were connected in uh, episode two or episode one. Uh, but we realize she now sees that that Sarah is injured. Uh, and she goes in this weird place and then she goes into a memory that Sarek is having, uh, which is like Sarek and Michael and Michael's, you know, adopted mother, Amanda, uh, talking on the day of her graduation and Sarek is telling them that Michael did not get into the Vulcan Science Academy. And Amanda can't believe it And Michael's sort of embarrassed And she gets chided by Sarek for being humiliated It's like, humiliation is a human emotion And she goes, I am sorry I'm sorry that I'm not good enough for this And Michael's watching this in the third person And then the Sarek In the memory turns around and sees The real Michael and he's like What are you doing here? And she goes, what? You made me, You brought me here And then he like does some kind of weird Vulcan martial arts And knocks her out of his mind And uh yeah, get out of my head And she wakes up on the thing um, In the sick bay, And she's like, oh, Sarah, And they're like, okay, okay, relax, relax It's it's Culber and Tilly And I think uh, Lork is there And she sort of explains The whole thing with So what happened was when she was a kid These same extremists uh, Because she had been adopted by Sarah and Amanda Bombed the school that she was at And that's when Sarek saved her life. She had been dead for three minutes after they, they literally killed her. And he came in and did a Vulcan mind meld and shared his Katra with her, which is like a frowned upon procedure, but like, it's kind of okay. And, but now they share a, like a metaphysical soul. So when they get injured, they feel it with each other and they're connected across space and time. And she's like, we have to go save Sarek. He was on, it's important. He's an important ambassador. And uh, Lorca's like, okay, maybe. And then uh, so Lorca goes and he talks to Starfleet Command, the Vulcan at Starfleet Command. And they go like, it's true. Uh, Hey, we didn't mean to, we didn't want to tell you this, but uh, (laughs) uh, the Vulcan High Command uh, was going to this planet to talk to some of the families that had been kicked out by coal to maybe (laughs) uh, talk about a peace treaty. And uh, Lorca's like, oh, so the Vulcans went behind our back to try and clean up our mess because we're so illogical. And he's like, you know what? We're going to go save Sarek. And High Command says, absolutely not. And he just, like, shuts the screen off. And he's like, let's jump to wherever Sarek was last seen. And uh, they jump to, I have the, it's like a weird nebula that's, like, full of, like, really juicy, weird, exotic particles. And mm-hmm. uh, when they jump there, um, we see that, like, Michael's able to sort of Connect to him? Oh, it's the uridia Eurydia system, the Delta. I didn't remember that. Oh, I wrote, no. I wrote all these things down. Come on, you know me. Um, yes. So the disco, I wrote because I was obsessed with disco at this point. The disco jumps to that nebula, and Michael's like, I can sort of feel him, but he's kind of pushing me out. Yeah, disco. And so Michael and Lorca go to Stamets, who Stamets has now got this weird thing happening ever since he connected to the mycelial network, and this is when we discover it. He's like very groovy now. Uh they're like, hey, this is like, oh, sweet, man. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. He literally is acting sort of like he's like, like high, like in like a, like a like a very blissful high. Um, so they're trying to talk to him about this serious thing, and he's like, oh yeah, oh, that would be cool. We can't take the ship into the nebula because you know what happens when we go in, and they're like, What? And he's like, it explodes, baby. Um, yeah. Anyway, they ask him to build a thing that will increase Michael's, like, mental Katra thing. this is some great, this was, I love this episode because it had classic Star Trek mumbo jumbo. They were like, we're not going to deal with the science of this. Just, we need a thing that does a thing. And they're like, we can go in there. If we can't take the ship, we'll take a shuttle. And I want Tilly to go in with me because she's smart and she can handle the amplifier machine. And then Loka's like sounds great. And I want you to, I want Ash Tyler to fly you. So the trio I'm put together. I also liked that I think Michael had suggested Tilly because she is she is actively trying to get Tilly sort of noticed and and you know commendated for for her service. Uh, so we cut to them on the ship with Michael's got like the headpiece or whatever. And Loka says to Ash, make sure she comes back in one piece. And he's like, not a scratch, sir. And he's like, wasn't talking about the ship. And he like does this thing to Michael, and he says like he's talking about her. And Tyler's like, uh, okay. Oh yes, he says, uh, bring her back in one piece, or don't come back at all. Yeah, that's it. I also noticed that Lorca likes to finalize his conversations with Ash with like a sh- with like an arm squeeze, which I think is pretty funny. I don't know why maybe I made me. I didn't even
1: notice that
0: when he when he makes him security officer, he goes like, uh, you can be security officer want. he goes and he goes I accept. He's like, all right, and he squeezes his arm, and then here he says, come back. Uh, with her in one piece, or don't come back at all. Do a shoulder squeeze, and he is gives him like a little shoulder squeeze, and then walks out. I don't know. They have it's just a nice, it's a nice touch for their weird relationship. So they go into the to the nebula. There is a B plot line. So there's this A plot line, which is them trying to figure out where Sarah is and save them. And the B plot line is Admiral Cornwall shows up. Corn Corn Cornwall 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 well. Cornwall's a place. I love Cornwall.
1: Cornwall is the lady. Mm
0: -hmm. Admiral Cornwell. Uh, There's a character. No, no, I don't need to get distracted. Admiral Cornwell (laughs) arrives and she, in her freighter, and she actually wants to come aboard in person. So it's Kat again from last episode. And she's kind of like, she shows up and she sort of gives Lorca a dressing down for disobeying a direct command from uh, Starfleet. And he's sort of like, I had to do it. I got, you know, you guys are these like weird rules and things are for admirals sitting back, you know, but we're on the front lines of a war. And he's like, why are you even here? And she's like, I'm here as a friend. And then he like walks over to his desk and pulls out a big old bottle of whiskey. And he's like, why don't we stop talking like Starfleet officers and start talking like friends? Hold on. Why don't we stop talking like Starfleet officers and start talking like friends? And uh, she gives him a look, and they get a look. Anyway, cut to, boom, back to the shuttle. <laughs> Michael's getting strapped in. She it explains to Tilly that this memory, she feels, is... Sarek's. If this are his dying thoughts, it's because he's remembering the day that she failed him. That she failed to be good enough to join uh, the Vulcan Science yep. Academy. Because Sarek's whole thing was like he thought humans and Vulcans could integrate and work together as equals, and she was supposed to be that, and she she couldn't. Uh, but anyway, she's going to try to save him. She
1: vul.
0: She vol- could not. She vul could not. You want hit- to? Yeah, hit it. I Vulcans. can't. Mm. She so she goes in. She goes back into the memory. She, we get a little bit more of like what's going on, here. or what we do. Uh, what's is interesting is in that moment we see Michael and Amanda before Sarah comes and tells them that she didn't get into the science academy, and that's when Amanda gives her the Alice in Wonderland book that she is so fond of and yeah, quotes when sweet, she's sweet uh, when she's in extreme duress. Uh, but mm. then she fights Sarek in his mind again and they do like a lot of Vulcan martial arts and he's like you must get out and he kicks her out well he doesn't really kick her out they're fighting and then because she's like freak her body is freaking out Tyler orders Tilly to take her out uh, even though Michael said no matter what happens leave me in there so they pull her out and everyone's upset uh, we cut back to the discovery and uh, I'm going to call them by their first names Cat. Admiral Cornwell and Gabe, Captain Lorca, are like drinking, they're like kind of chilling, having a little whatever. And they're like, Hey, remember the time we went to see the Perseids? And he's like, Oh, she's like, You don't remember that? And he's like, Oh, I'm just remembering we were, it was so long ago. And she's like, We were so young and so full of hope. And you know, blah, 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 blah. And then she kind of like brings it back around to, to like his mental state. And he's like, Hey, you trying to like, you trying to psychology me? And she's like, Oh, well, you know, I'm here's a friend. And he moves in close and he says, Hey, if you're here for 50 minutes, I, I think I got a much better way we could spend that time. He says it in a much cooler way. I obviously do not have game. Like,
1: I think he was saying, if you're going to be my, if you're going to like therapize. Yeah.
0: If, if we're going to do a 50 minute session, why don't we do a session dig? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then uh, she stands up and removes her comm badge. And I wrote a uh, dot, 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 parentheses, sexy times. Also, very sexy shot. I just want to commendations to them because it's like two glasses of scotch in the scotch bottle and the gold thing comes down. And you're like, oh, they're about to get freaky. Uh, okay. So we go back to Michael. Michael goes back into Sarek's mind. They fight Again. Uh, actually Tyler does give her a little bit of a pep talk before she goes back in he says like people don't remember the things they were disappointed in before they went before they die. they remember the people they love and they remember the things that they wish they could have done better so maybe he's what he's actually doing is trying to remember something he wished he had done differently so going back in with that she sort of like fights they fight they do a bunch of Vulcan grabs on each other and she says what is it that you're trying to hide from me what is it you wish you had done differently and he goes well today was not you didn't fail me this day i failed this day and he shows her yep and this is like pretty intense okay
1: vulnerable
0: vulnerable that he when sarik is talking to the head of the vulcan science
1: uh
0: academy uh, academy the guy basically gives him an ultimatum he's like hey michael's really great top of her class she beat all the vulcans in all the tests um, and also your son, your half Vulcan son, Spock, seems like he's got some potential too. And he says, like, I love uh, your interesting idea, <laughs> your crazy idea that humans and Vulcans can live together, but uh, it needs to be, he uses the word titrated, uh, which I don't need to get into that, but obviously I went into a rabbit hole on that. Totally it Googling means. That Yeah, it's interesting. It's a chemistry term, but it basically means the least amount of something that will allow something to be something. (laughs) So he's like, if we're going to have some kind of human in the Vulcan Science Academy, I'm not going to have two. One is enough. That's the maximal amount we need to be like, there's a human here. And he says, like, you can choose Michael can go in or your young Sung Spock, who eventually may want to join, can go in. And Sarek says, you give, you're making me face an impossible choice. And the guy says, mm-hmm, your response is not logical. So then Michael finds out that Sarek, yeah, he's he chose Spock over Michael. And he is ashamed of it.
1: Because then because Spock chose his own path and decided not to go.
0: Yeah. Well, Spock is as hot-headed as Michael is cool-headed, if that makes sense. It's kind of interesting. They're like a yin and yang. Indeed. Uh, mm. the, the brother and sister, which uh, maybe will be explored yes. in future episodes. Who knows? So she's able to mind meld with Sarek and do the same like, give do cotra back to him so that he wakes up on the bridge of his failing ship and is able to turn on his beacon and they're able to find him. And they zoom back to Discovery. Uh, meanwhile, on Discovery... Uh, Lorca is asleep after doing The deed with Kat And she's looking at these weird scars on his back And then she goes to touch one And then he like pulls a He like is asleep from a dead sleep He pulls a phaser out from under his pillow and like aims it at her And he's like (sighs) you know hyperventilating And stuff and she's like oh and he's
1: like yeah and he's gonna buy the neck yeah, and die
0: yeah and he's like oh so sorry and she's like you're sleeping with a phaser you're definitely not in your right state of mind i'm not sure what's going on with you it's something you, you lied on your your review your psychological reviews it's pathological and this is the first time he really shows emotion he's like please don't take my ship away from me it's all i've got you know i there is something wrong with me I, i'm not well but this, this command is all is all I have I need this and she goes like it's a shame that I can't tell if this is the real you or not but we're going to talk about this and she leaves Sarek is on board Lorca comes by uh, and says hey you know I'm proud of you and uh, Michael says well I wish Sarek was proud of me but you know it's weird despite my Vulcan up- upbringing I'm feeling a lot of emotions right now She goes over to Sarek. They have a very awkward exchange, which I would describe as full-on Volcant for both of them. Mm. Um, It is awkward. And uh, uh, Lorca also offers her an official position on the bridge as science officer. And he says, don't you dare refuse. And she says, I accept. And that's when she says the whole, like, uh, it is an honor to work under a captain like you. And he's like, all right, cool, whatever. They also discussed that, like, yes, uh Sarek was going to try and do this peace treaty thing with some of the Vulcans, uh, some of the Klingons, and now he won't make it because he's in pretty bad shape. And Lorca's like, well, you know, Catherine, you know, Admiral
1: Cornwell
0: Cornwell could probably do it. Uh, she's already halfway there, she's here, she could be the representative in his stead. Uh so that sort of is what is agreed to be done. And uh, Cornwell goes to the negotiator She like, says before she leaves like, I'm going to go to this negotiation When I get back you're going to need to step down We'll figure out a way I don't want to ruin your career But you're not in your right mind So when I get back from this negotiation You will lose command of the discovery uh, She gets on the ship And she bounces uh, Michael goes to get some green tea And Ash kicks a chair out for her, and they have a little discussion heart-to-heart, equitable moments, where they talk about feelings, and he says, like, you're just learning what it is to be human. And it's very sweet, and we're like, okay, so that's a real will-they-won't-they they moment. Flash to uh, Kankri 4, where the uh, meeting is happening. Caldwell comes in, She like, thanks the elders of Kankri 4 for inviting them. She's talking to the two Klingon uh, houses, and she's like, I think we can come to some accord. And then it's a trap. Boom, 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 boom. They kill her escort. They kill the Cancree mm. elders and they take her captive. And then Cole comes in over one of those big, like holographic things. And he's like, sweet. Now that you've done that, I will share with you my cloaking technology. Bring me the prisoner. And that is the end of the episode. Leith, Leith or Leafy.
1: Yep. But then, no, is that the end of it? Because like we know that Admiral cornwell has been captured, and Saru goes back to Lorca's quarters and says, "Oh, they've captured Admiral Cornwall. What do we do?" And Lorca says, "Well, let's call Starfleet and ask them." Oh, that's right. And then, and then you know that like he's he's being a bit nefarious because he didn't think twice to go and you know save Sarek yeah. or do other things. And Saru's like, "Are you sure?" And he's like, "Well, you know, we don't. We're in the
0: middle we gotta of the war." Got to go by the book here. By the book. Well, it's it's hard to determine at this point if he's. It's definitely something's going on. It's curious. like it's self-preservation where he's like, I'm not going to break any more rules because I'm on thin ice. Yep. Or is something truly nefarious happening here where he's like, oh, she's the only one who knows that I'm not well. So let's let her be captured for a while so that I can keep my ship and do what I want to do out here. You know? Yeah. Uh, but it is such a strange change of character from earlier in the episode that we know something is going on. And so lathe is truly an exploration of the mind
1: the underworld mind river yes. thing
0: what is going on in our in our psychologies it's yes michael and Sarek and Lorca and and everyone's mind is kind of being assaulted in life so i thought these were two great episodes to do back to back
1: they were and good job um, on that rundown that was a tough rundown that was a
0: lot i am exhausted i'm gonna sleep for a hundred thousand days should we do a quotable moments? Do you have any quotes?
1: Let's do our quotable moments. Quotable moments.
0: Thank you, Angela Lansbury. Um, I will do some quotable moments now. From the first episode, Choose Your Pain, I really enjoyed, even though she's, like, basically about to torture Lorca, I really liked um, Lorel's statement to him after he, like, tries to get a rise out of her. She goes, she says to him before she turns on the lights, How strange space must look to you now, seen through those damaged eyes. A cosmos full of agonizing light. Another creature might have slumped into the darkness, but not you. You seek glory. Perhaps you realize glory must be earned through sacrifice and pain. And that's when she turns the lights on. Anyway, it's pretty dope. Uh, English is like her second language, so she pretty much killed Mm. it there. Yep. And then in the most recent episode, Lath. I really liked uh, what Michael says at the end, the feelings thing which I did write down, it took forever it's so long, but I will try to make it brief here, she's having tea with Ash, and she says, all my life the conflict inside of me has been between logic and emotion but now it's my emotions that are fighting I think about him, she's referring to Sarek, and I want to cry but I have to smile, and I feel angry, but I want to love and I'm hurt, but there's hope what is this? And Ash responds, that's just being human. Mm -hmm. And those are my quotable moments. Oh, yeah. Those are are good quotable moments. Hey, man. I know a lot is happening. Pew, 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 pew. Explosions and people getting stabbed. Blah, 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 blah. And tardigrades and stuff. But the writing sometimes ascends to real, what I would call classic Star Trek, like Picard at his best. You know, some Mm -hmm. of the best writing Star Trek has had. So anyway, whatever. I'll editorialized later
1: well that was a lot
0: it was so much uh, is anyone is anyone out there
1: <laughs> have we have we lost them all
0: let's get into next time next time on set phasers all right well um we come to the end of the program so next time on set phasers we will do another two episode uh uh episode two episode episode about what uh <laughs> yeah, next time we'll do a two-episode episode. We will doing episode seven, uh, which is entitled Magic to Make the Sanest Man Go Mad. And episode eight, which is entitled, oh, some Latin, Sivis Pacem Parabellum. Sounds like something to do with peace. Or if you really do Latin, Sevis Ci- Pacem.
1: See the others oh, equal side of peace. I don't know.
0: Parabellum. That's my guess. But I don't know. I googled Latin today. It's uh if you want to see peace, parabellum is like prepare for war. Get ready for war. Bellum is definitely war.
1: For something for ready, ready yourself for war, maybe.
0: Yeah, ready for war. So it's like a you know it's kind of cute. It's like if you want peace, ready get for ready war. for war.
1: That's a, oh, that's that's a good Latin proverb. I like that.
0: It sure is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's too bad the V's or W's in Latin because it really nice. in modern English, Vs has a nice thing, but we sounds kind of ridiculous. <laughs> Si Pakem. But I don't know. I'm it's growing on me. Oh boy. All right. Well, we have one special announcement. Where we'd like to shout out uh one of our uh patrons, uh, who is uh well, his name is Kyle Jaster, but he's signed up for, for Patreon at the commander level. So I would just like to say to Kyle, Commander Jaster, you have the come. Mm. And also Oh, live long, live and, long, and, long and prosper. prosper. And also, Klingon Maktajash.
1: Yes, yes.
0: We want to say all the things to you. Kapla, <laughs> yeah.
1: Kapla. And, <kapwa. laughs>
0: and oh. uh, it's... Do we have any other Klingon <laughs> phrases that
1: we can throw at it?
0: Uh, I have a few, but I, I I'll save mm-hmm. them. I, you know, got to keep keep a few in reserve. Yeah. Anyway, uh, speaking of uh he clearly uh, enjoys the concept of this episode if you've enjoyed the episode we just want to thank you for joining us and you can catch us every friday at eight o'clock eastern on facebook live or as a podcast uh every monday wherever podcasts come from so please subscribe and and, and give us a rating
1: yes indeed and if you want to join us on patreon uh we will be doing our first netflix what i can't say that netflix watch party uh, coming up Ooh. soon, so I think this weekend we will announce the, uh, so if you are a patron, you get voting rights on the shows that, or the show that we will watch for the the watch party. So you could be a patron and take part and then we can all like hang out together in this virtual watch party. Wouldn't that be cool?
0: Watching uh, Star Trek, uh, one of the many series that are
1: available. One of the many series that are available on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, so don't forget, we are on Facebook and Instagram at Setfader's Podcast. Feel free to follow us and join in the conversation of all things Trek.
0: And if you would like to support our continuing mission, if you would like to vote on what we watch at our Netflix watch parties or any of that cool stuff, uh, you can definitely uh, join us and patronize us. We can take it by going to patreon.com slash set phasers and signing up.
1: Until next time,
0: I'm Steph Mans. And I'm Aki Burmese. And this has been Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast.
1: Computer. End program. <laughs>